What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is actor and producer Vin Criticorn from CBS's Madam Secretary, Netflix's Bonding, and the upcoming series, Lysi's Story, coming soon to Apple TV+. Vin, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Has anyone said you have like a really great voice? <laughs> Has anybody well, ever you. said that? <laughs> I was listening to, you know, uh, your podcast, which is amazing, but I'm like, I feel very soothed by your voice. Uh, I've always wanted to get into voiceover and that kind of stuff. Um, but I guess it depends on, on what the situation calls for, for, for all that yeah. stuff. Cause it's, it's a little intimidating. Um, I, well, you already have the equipment. Well, that's true. <laughs> already there. So you're like halfway there already. <laughs> um, so I wanted to get into, so we were just chatting before about um, your experience moving back to, um, to Thailand for a bit um, post, not post pandemic, because it is obviously still going During, on, it's still, right. still raging. Um, but yeah, we were, I just, you just made some interesting points when we were chatting before about um, how, when you came, uh, when you went to Thailand at the time, there were, there were no cases of, of COVID there at the time. So yeah, what motivated you wanting to, to go back for a bit? Yeah, well, uh, I, I, yeah, so I, I live in New York and the bulk of the quarantine from March, I think when it started up until around uh, September, I was in, in New York and I think as everybody knows, there was no work available at mm. the time. So I was filling my time doing other things. Um, at the same time, I have family in Thailand and they keep telling me to come back. Uh, and by the time around September, there, there were zero cases uh, in Thailand. They essentially like closed the country and everybody who uh, entered had to quarantine for two weeks. So that's what they did. Um, essentially what happened was they lowered the cases, you know, like infections in the country and then everybody who came in had to quarantine. So after sort of long discussions with my parents, uh, I decided to do that mainly, you know, to be close to family, um, to get out of the city for a little bit. You know, I live in a three bedroom apartment, which is pretty tight for being under quarantine every day. Uh, and the, the industry was open here. So I was auditioning, uh, I'm auditioning here. I did, you know, some side work, modeling, I did hosting, I, ta uh, I taught scene study class, you know, so I've been sort of been busy doing actory-ish things while the industry, well, I, I guess it's, it's still open in New York, about a little smaller. And, mm. um, but here it's, you know, like I just wanted to have some more freedom and, and not worry about COVID so much while I was like working and figuring out what to do next. But I will go back to New York at some point. Uh, I just had a conversation with my manager and agent mm. uh, and they think, they say June, that's when theaters are thinking about coming back. I don't know, we'll see. Mm. Uh, but they said, you know, you're, you're good where you are right now, because I am still auditioning for shows in, you know, in the States, um, because everything right now is, is online anyway. So mm. I've been sending tapes from here and my brother has graciously been my reader <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, for those uh, taped auditions. So it's worked out so far and we'll just have to see, you know, uh, how the situation sort of changes and how the industry is going to sort of come back. Yeah, it, it's been a really interesting experience with um, 
with self, you know, constantly, or if you're, if you have auditions for them to be self tapes, as opposed to having to make the trek into Manhattan and, and get to the casting offices and, you know, have to clear up an yeah. entire afternoon for a, two minutes right. in the room. And now it's all self tape done in the comfort of your home. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit I mean, more I control. Love it. Yeah. And I, I definitely think there's like pros and cons to doing taped auditions, which, you know, we've been doing already. It's just like mm-hmm. now it's all, all taped auditions. Um, I mean, as my brother can attest, I'm doing like 10 takes per scene or something, you know, I'm just like, I, for me, I think that's the thing that I maybe, you know, pros and cons, like I look into the details of it and I'm, you know, trying mm-hmm. to you know, have the best performance. Ironically, the best ones are, it's not the last one sometimes, it's like somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? After a yeah. while, you just kind of decline. But the great thing that I like about in-person auditions is being in the room, you know, getting to actually uh, read with the casting director mm-hmm. and have that sort of exchange of energy. Mm-hmm. That I really do miss, you know, like sort of in the hustling of, of being an actor and actually like going in to meet people, you know, casting directors and like, it could feel kind of isolating doing taped auditions because you, you know, you're in your bubble and you do this work and then you send it off and it sometimes can feel like it's, it just goes into like a black hole, right? You you have no Mm -hmm. idea what happens to it. Um, this performance that you sort of crafted and took the time to make. So, you know, like there's pros and cons to both. Um, but I, I think, you know, just in the couple of months of uh, this sort of new Zoom taped audition land, you know, things are changing already. And I think we all have to sort of adapt to what will happen next. You know, like all of us, I think, are, you know, now have ring lights and backdrops yeah. and, you know, have figured out this, you know, the sound and the yeah. lighting and the angles and we have our go-to person to read with us and et cetera. So, you know, I, I think it's changing already, you know, as we speak. Yeah. It's definitely been a very big time where we have to adapt. Um, especially if folks are moving around, like, um, during, uh, right, pretty much right when the shutdowns happened, um, mid-March I went to Jersey for a week to spend a little time with with my boyfriend and his family and then went over to Connecticut and was there for like five or six months um and my agent um is in the southeast so Atlanta was opened way earlier than every other market and the smaller commercial shoots were still going on so I did have like an audition here and there but I had to like buy some extra lights and I had like an old backdrop in my parents house that I had to like figure out how to how to get up because it's like okay my actual setup is in New York but I've still got like an audition every once in a while to to try and put together and um and like many uh finally had the time and the resources thanks to the unemployment bump uh to get back in a class uh because that's something that I neglected for so long I hadn't taken I'd taken like one casting director workshop a month uh if i was that fortunate to uh to have like the time and energy to to do that and then once COVID happened it's like all right let's get back in the classroom because hadn't really taken an actual class since college um did you find the same for you did you sort of uh were you focusing a little bit more on acting or did you give yourself a little break once sort of COVID broke out first I think I've, I was going through phases, um, you know, at the beginning I wasn't doing much and then I sort of 
I did do classes actually during the summer of last year, mm. uh, Zoom. Uh, SAG After offered them, and I have a friend who was doing, who has connections with casting directors, and he sort of pulled together a sort of a Zoom casting director meet and greet, which mm. is really amazing. It's it's so different in a way, but it's so nice to it because it there's something really informal about it and and a little bit more casual. At least that that was my mm. experience. So I felt like much more at ease and meeting everybody and, and especially the casting director. I did like a couple of those. I did eventually a pivot. Like I I, I uh, I've been working on my own feature film for uh, the past couple of years. So mm. I've been rewriting and I took a writing class a screenwriting class and then after that that's when I went to uh, came here to Thailand and sort of audition and, and do stuff here but uh, I think it, like now is a really great time to to meet casting directors because uh, my my assumption is that a lot of them have the time now to actually meet actors and, and spend time with actors to to get them to know them a little better and mm -hmm. so when the industry opens which it will be at some point in the future you know, you'll be hopefully in, in you know, the, the brains and minds of, of the cast directors. Has that been your experience uh, with, with the cast classes so far? Um, yeah, I, I was very fortunate to sign with a great manager um, or to, to start with a great manager um, back in June. And then I officially signed with them in October um, and they're New York based. So I was finally getting submitted um, to New York projects and um was actually on set for the first time in over a year uh, last week. Um, wow. Uh, and it was very interesting to see how sets have adapted. Uh, three COVID tests before uh, before working and rapid tests like the day of and you're just eagerly awaiting your results before you can go to see hair and makeup. It's like, got to make sure that you're testing negative. And, and you know, just it's very, very interesting. And the show I was working on in particular, um, took place during covid so the wow. we were wearing masks on camera and it was just part of the world and and all that so it was very interesting to see how some shows have taken reality and sort of integrated it into the story in a way to make it safer to shoot and um, and are all yeah. the crew and everyone is wearing masks and yeah. distancing like how does the set work uh, yeah, so the whole, uh, all the crew had masks and face shields. Um, crew, to my knowledge, was getting tested like three or four times a week. Um, it also depended on like what zone you're in. Uh, everyone sort of does, um, assigned to a, a specific zone. Like if you have like direct contact with the talent, then you're in like zone A. So you have to get tested more frequently. If mm. you're um, a grip or a PA who maybe isn't in touch with, uh, in contact with with the actors, you're more behind the scenes working with other crew members. You might get tested a little less frequently. Um, it's like all pre-bagged lunches, no more buffet style, nothing. Everyone oh, touching man. utensils, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like one of the great things of being on a TV set, right? It's like Spoils. amazing. There's <laughs> <laughs> just like so much food all yeah. the time. No more. <laughs> yeah, so it's just very interesting to see how how much it's changed. Um, but, um, going back to your, your initial question, uh, that's funny. We're interviewing each other. Um, but 
<laughs> I just have uh, so many questions because I haven't been in New York in a while. So, I'm, yeah. you know, in some ways, I'm also very curious. And co- congratulations, by the way. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> uh, and, you know, what is going on? Like, I was ask- asking my agent about, you know, like, what are things like over there? Like, mm-hmm. how, are, how are auditions? I, I, I've been receiving some auditions, but I told them that I'm, I'm not auditioning for co-star mm-hmm. at the moment, just because for me to fly back for a one-liner seems yeah. kind of too, you know <laughs> kind of too much yeah. so they've been sending me more uh you know recurrings and and upwards yeah. um but you know I, I just like was asking them questions about like what the industry is you know what's happening when they think it's gonna like sort of come back to kind of a quote-unquote normal i know that uh, uh at the moment i think in la they're it's still shut down right now because the cases are yeah. are just like too high um but it seems like you know the industry is definitely finding ways to 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 still work uh, safely um and so i was just like very curious about like what the protocols and, and auditions are like right now yeah so um so in terms of auditions there's definitely um i mean a lot of the shows that we're filming before is still filming um uh, bull the blacklist um um for life is in season two now um you know new amsterdam uh just a lot of those shows are still still going on they're back in production for their new seasons probably for like spring premieres mm-hmm. um and um yeah off all self-tapes um from just because no one is working in their offices in manhattan all the casting directors that i've seen in workshops are like yeah i'm in my house in jersey or Long right. Island or, you know, Brooklyn or Queens or wherever. Um, right. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just been interesting to see what, uh, how they've changed in their, you know, there's sort of, uh, now that this has been going on for nearly a year, which is crazy to me that in it two months crazy. it'll be a year. Right. Um, there, there's expectations out like actors, you should have bought a backdrop by now. You should have bought a ring light. Right. You should have. <laughs> you know, or, uh, right, exactly. some, something, you know, coddled together, something of a setup. Um, yeah, it just and, feels uh, like now the safe self tapes are, you know, the quality of them are the expectations of the quality yeah. of them have, you know, are higher now because, sure. you know, we are, we're all just doing self tapes. And the, I think the expectation is at least the lighting has to be good. The sound has to be good. You know, have like a consistent backdrop. Um, and, hopefully a reader I, I think at this point I think people are more used to finding readers I, I assume I, I'm lucky to have my brother here um, but yeah it seems like the expectation now is you know at least the tape itself has to be of quality yeah definitely uh, you know and, and like we were saying uh, there's been enough time to sort of put things together um, and th- I mean, apps, new apps have launched and new services have launched like virtual readers and, you know, all that stuff. Like um, people have gotten very innovative in, in this time uh, in, in terms of how to help people improve their self tapes. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it's just strange to, like, none of us ever would have pictured, you know, that we would never be in the audition room again for over for almost a year now and right um i mean from what a lot of casting directors have said in workshops they have mentioned um you know they're they are not going to be in 
back in their offices or in-person auditions until the vast majority of people are vaccinated. And even then it's like, there's still going to be protocols and their offices are tiny. So they, how do you socially distance people in a six foot room? <laughs> can't, <laughs> you can't, right. Can't. Um, and people are cycling in and out of casting offices exactly. and normally like you exactly. see hundreds and hundreds of actors every day. And so that, I don't think that would be wise. Right. Yeah. yeah. That seems reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so who knows when, right. Probably at the end of the year. At yeah. Some point. Um, and we say that in January, it's like the end of the year. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, there's um, right, there's exactly. a particular series that I know was definitely getting rid of. Uh, I mean, a lot of shows are getting rid of background actors almost entirely um, just for safety reasons or, or booking them for like a whole week at a time. That way there's some control of where they're working, what other sets they're on and whatnot. Um and for Bull, I had an audition for a juror, as many people have, have done. And um, from what I remember, there are like eight or nine jurors with dialogue. And they just figure, all right, we'll give them all co-stars and get them all tested and oh, all wow. of these extra things instead of dealing with like background actors coming from who knows where. And, um, mm-hmm. and you know, working. That's amazing to, to be like a background and get bumped to co-star. Wouldn't that be a right. <laughs> Show up on set expecting your, 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 you know, your minimum eight hour wage. And then, Hey, we're going to bump you up. (laughs) It's a huge bump. Yeah. It's a big bump. (laughs) Alrighty. I just want to go back a little bit and um, sort of go to the beginning and um, talk about how you got started in acting. And when did you know that you wanted to, to be an actor uh, for a living? Well, I've, I've always been interested in acting, but I, never knew that it could actually be a career mm. or something that, you know, that I could actually do uh, because I, I was a very shy person, shy kid growing up, but I started actually playing the piano uh, when I was younger and that's credit to my mom. So I actually got to acting through music. Actually, I, I started mm. playing the piano and then I, uh, in high school, I joined the choir and I did, you know, the school musical and did all the choral activities and I actually went to Michigan, University of Michigan at Ann Arbor for music education. I thought I was going to be a music teacher um, at the time because I just really loved singing and choral music and being in that world. But at the same time I was doing uh, operas, I was doing student films on the side. I Mm. did uh, like extras on like indie films that would pass through Michigan. Uh, and that's sort of when I started to get my feet wet a little bit and know more about like what acting was. I took like a, like a beginner's acting 101 when I was in college and it was actually acting for like music students. Mm-hmm. And that was like also when I like really like kind of like that piqued my curiosity about like what acting was and what my avenues were. Cause I really had no idea how to become an actor. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people, like a lot of actors who start off it's like what do I do where do I go and at the time like which is much different from now uh you know like the internet and we didn't have social media wasn't that big back then and you know like trying to get information about like how to become an actor was not as immediately available um and so I thought that I would try to get into grad school (laughs) was Mm. pretty much what I like that was my plan 
I actually got into grad school for music actually uh, at Northwestern in choral conducting, uh, like a master's in choral conducting. And I, when I got in, I, I absolutely freaked out. I kind of realized at the time that, you know, I really do love doing music, but my real passion is acting. So I auditioned for the actor studio drama school at Pace University in New York. And I got in and that was like pretty much the start of sort of a different career path. And I sort of, you know, been on that acting path since, but pretty much it started, really started when I went to three years of grad school. That's when I like, that solidified the, the new path. Were you one of those kids that like played pretend and was just constantly like had this like huge imagination? Yeah. Jurassic Park, I, <laughs> uh, Little Mermaid with my brother. Um, I mean, all the time. I, I think my, my family would describe me as sort of like the creative kid. Mm. If I weren't to do acting, I would do something else, you know, but like I need that sort of creativity. Um, so like a nine to five job or like business or anything that, you know, like involves like a cubicle and a suit, yeah. like never work. Um, but I was always like a creative kid. So like when I told my parents, well, you know, first off, I wanted to be like a music teacher. And then when I told them that, you know, I want to be an actor, my dad was not even phased at all. He's like, great. Like you should do that. Makes sense. Like, <laughs> make, yeah. makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I feel very lucky and fortunate in that way that, that my parents, sort of saw that I would, you know, this was like something that I was, has always been interested in. Um, and I'm just sort of following that path. So I, I feel really lucky that they didn't want me to be a doctor or, you know, a lawyer. I mean, they might want me to do it, but they knew <laughs> that that wasn't, that wasn't me. So yeah. Um, yeah. So down the acting path. Yeah. With, with me, it was a, a rather big sense of relief knowing uh, or, you know, that because I always grew up, we grew up in a very musical church. Um, it wasn't uh, the quiet, like uh, one choral hymn and that's it. It was like, no, there's like 20 minutes of music. It's like a, a set of like four or five songs. Um, and it was a Spanish church, too. So I always grew up around music a lot and um, grew up singing. And that led to musical theater. And that led to me doing like the shows in high school and whatnot. So when I decided to become or to, to go to school for theater, my parents weren't necessarily surprised because it's like, okay, that checks, that checks out. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it Where did you go? With, um, oh, I went to Housatonic Community College in, in my hometown. Uh, I got my associates in, in theater um, and then did some stuff at Stella Adler during COVID over Zoom. Um, oh, okay. But, um, but yeah. Oh, I'm not, I was going to uh, say that we have the same coach at uh, Alberto. Oh really? For a while, yeah. He, yeah. Did, I did a lot of self tapes with him. Yeah, I took it's his nice. um his self tape technique class at Stella. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's Alberto Bonilla. Everyone go coach with him. He's great. <laughs> yeah, he's he's wonderful. He's super busy right now because he has a, a new baby. Mm -hmm. But um, he yeah he's a, an, an amazing audition coach. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What is something that you learned? um while you were in maybe like after like once you sort of were like in the in the deep end of 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 acting that was something that you didn't like that you maybe wished you learned before 
like something you know now that you wish you learned yeah earlier? that's a great question uh so much i mean there's so much that a you know like a three-year grad acting program can do um which is you know three years is a long time but uh the actor program that i was in is sanctioned by the, the actor studio you know it has this long history with uh, lee strasberg etc um but i didn't do any on-camera work in those three years so when it came out and I had to audition for TV and film, it was a huge, and work in TV and film with, you know, cameras and whatnot. Mm. It was a huge adjustment that I had to make and learn how to audition for that, which was different than auditioning for theater. Like I felt like theater was something that I, because I was doing it for three years in grad school, it was like very easy, you know, much easier for me to kind of like embody that and audition for that and work in, in the medium of theater. And in fact, for the first couple of years, that's all I did. Mostly I did theater and I was mm. traveling, doing regional theater. Um, but then I wanted to trans, uh, you know, transition into doing more TV and film. And it took quite a while to figure out, you know, how to do that. Because for me, it was, it, it, at the beginning of it, it felt very restrictive right? Because mm. you're in this sort of square medium. And uh, I had to sort of teach myself and learn how to relax and how to be equally imaginative and equally alive and present in this box versus, you know, in a theater audition setting where you could really run from one side of the room to another side of the room and it would totally be okay. But you can definitely can't do that in a TV and film audition because you have a camera um, mm. that is shooting you. So that was one of the big things that I had to learn. And uh, I think with a lot of actors, beginning, you, you definitely, um, I, I don't know what you would call it. You just like have, uh, I, basically I didn't know how hard it was gonna be. I think we talk about it. Uh, you've been you know, in the industry for, for quite a while. Uh, for me, it was, I had you know, sort of lofty ideas you know, starting my career. It definitely didn't go that way, which is totally fine. But one thing that I didn't really realize is, yeah, this, this industry is going to test you. There's going to be ups and downs, challenges, you know, high highs and low lows. And how do you navigate that, right? Because a lot of the work, you know, is auditioning and networking and working on your craft and taking classes, right? And then there's a sliver that you get to come and work and you know, for me, that is like the joy of, of being an actor, but like, how do you navigate, you know, the rejections and auditioning and, and, you know, not getting the job that you want and things that you thought you were gonna get, you didn't get. And, you know, like, I think all of us like had to figure out a way to navigate, you know, the, the uh, unpredictability of this career. And that's something that I didn't realize, you know, you, you kind of like, have an idea about how it's going to go, mm -hmm. but I don't think I really understood, you know, that journey and, and, you know, uh, how, how that would change my experience and, and how do you, you know, move forward um, with sort of the, the, you know, the, the industry that you really have no idea what's going to come next. Yeah. A lot do you feel of the same us... way? Do you feel like a bit, similar? Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a, a sense of like, you know, a lot of actors are into um, manifesting and things like that. And it's something that we've talked about on the show a lot. Um, 
but there is a, a very big sense of planning because, you know, when you're in your four year BFA program or you're in grad school, it's like everything's laid out for you. You know, when you're going to train what and when and all that stuff. And then once you're out, you're like, okay, I'm going to set my goals and here's my plan. But the industry maybe doesn't have the same ideas <laughs> as you. Exactly. Right. That's a good point. It's like in grad school, I knew exactly what classes I was going to take and you, you just live in this bubble, right. For mm. three years. And you kind of feel like, Oh, I, you know, I know what this is, you know, it's like this. And then you come out and the industry is vastly different and much bigger. And, and you're meeting so much more people, you know, uh, of different backgrounds and, and et cetera. And all of a sudden, you know, you have to recalibrate and it's like, Oh, there's things that I, that I, you know, can take with me, you know, from, from learning from th these three years in grad school, but I have so much more that I need to learn. I didn't, you know, I, I did only one year of Shakespeare mm. and coming out, like I had to relearn, or not relearn, but I had to learn more about Shakespeare and like, uh, because in the vast of theater canon, like Shakespeare, you know, obviously everybody's doing it, especially like summer stock, you know, New York theater. So that's something that I had to also like learn how to, how to essentially how to audition um, using Shakespeare monologues. Yeah, that's something I wish I had uh, focused on or I had more training in was definitely the classical theater. Um, I mean, I loved reading it and I did like one Shakespeare class in college and it was more of a literary class too. It wasn't an acting yeah. class. Right. It was like, we're going to, you know, read and write essays and have discussions and all that stuff, but it wasn't at all like, get on your feet and we're going to do the scene. Nope. That's not <laughs> what it was. <laughs> it's uh, like, I, this is a foreign language. I don't understand anything. <laughs> <laughs> it will take me um, twice as long to, yeah. to figure, figure like a Shakespeare monologue out, um, which I, you know, love to do obviously, but that's, you know, another example of something that I, I didn't learn so much in grad school that I had to really learn really quickly how to do in, in sort of in the audition world. Mm. It's yeah. so funny to me because uh, on, you know, different forums like Reddit, a lot of young actors will ask for like, what's the, what programs have the best like TV film programs? And it's like, well, I mean, you have to learn how to act first. Like you need a, the foundation and then build upon it from there. Um, but some programs don't have like anything on camera. You're, you're at the, you know, you're at the disposal of the, the film students who are making their short films and the thesis films and all that stuff. And even then they're not teaching you anything. You're just they're there because they're learning how to direct. So <laughs> it's just like this big learning experience for everyone. It's, it's very rarely, um, there's just very little uh, on-camera training. There might be like one class, but it's not at all like enough to prepare you for what it's like to audition uh, in the casting director's audition room or uh, or like now self-tapes. Colleges maybe in the future will have self-tape technique classes, but they certainly didn't before this. No, I didn't do any of that. I mean, in grad <laughs> school, like, there was no camera in sight. I had to do a lot of student films and that's what I ended up doing in between doing regional theater. I would just come back to New York and I would audition for, you know, anything that I could get um, just to get that practice and to feel more comfortable with having a camera, you know, in the set uh, surrounding me and what that would feel like and how to still, you know, be relaxed and truthful and present. 
um, versus, you know, a theater, a stage. Um, but yeah, that's basically what I did. I, I did a lot of student films, indie films, um, and took on-camera classes, on-camera audition classes, anything that I could do to help, you know, uh, to overcome sort of what I didn't learn in grad school. And I think now I, I'm much more, now it's like, to me, there's no difference. Uh, like I know exactly what my body's doing and more aware, more present. I know exactly how to, um, you know, now it's been so long I've auditioned, you know, for years and years mm. on camera. Um, but I mean, there's still much to learn, but I figured out for myself, how to, you know, what the size and scope and where the camera is and, and having a reader, which a theater reader and a TV and film reader, casting director readers are even different, right? Like yeah. totally different energies. And when I was in LA, actually, uh, I spent a period of time in LA auditioning out there, drastically different as well. Mm. Um, much more time. And I auditioned for a film here in Thailand, also <laughs> very different. <laughs> as well but I think as you learn you know like you get more comfortable I think for me the key is just like to to listen and to have your prep you know really really uh, ready the more work you do the less sway that you'll be for things that will change last minute or whatever that is unexpected in the room and now that I've done it so many you know different sort of situations uh hopefully, you know, things are not going to sway me that much that I can like immediately find where I am in space and just like go. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We were talking before about we have to, actors have to be very um, willing and ready to adapt um, and also just take in and, and observe the stark differences, not just from, from stage to screen, but also from market to market. Um, and even within the same market, what uh, certain casting directors will hire actors to be readers because they want to like get that drive out of you that they know their intern or their assistant isn't going to get because they're reading it yeah. just completely <laughs> dead in the face um <laughs> and it, it, yeah it's really interesting to to hear that um the, the i had to do uh, actually reader i had to be a reader several times for casting directors out in la and also in new york mm -hmm. it's a very interesting experience like i would recommend anybody who has the opportunity to be a reader in the room, you learn so much and it's so fascinating to see different actors do the same scene and see the different takes. And I, there was also one time I uh, was a reader for this indie film and the directors, uh, the director and I think the producer was in the room and also the casting director. And after each uh, actor, they would actually have a conversation about what they saw and it's so fascinating to hear, you know, like their viewpoints and opinions and really what it comes down to, it's like, at least in the, in the room that I was in, it was like, it was never personal. Like mm. they might nitpick about like this choice or that choice. But what I experienced in the room was like, they were looking for someone who was right. Like they knew the character had this sort of, you know, like whatever it was, right? Like 
this kind of anger or like they have this type of energy and they're trying to match the energy with the actors that came into the room. And the actors who actually brought and made choices were the actors that went to the second round. That's what I um, noticed. There were some actors that didn't have their lines memorized or maybe they were nervous. They were like looking at their pages a lot. And what happens is you can't really tell what who the character is mm. either because of lack of preparation or because they're just super nervous and those are the actors that unfortunately won't make it to the next round it's the actors that like you really see their energy and they embody they make strong choices they know material and they this is what they have to offer um, even though that the energy might not match the actual character like you would hear the directors like oh he's like he or she is like super wonderful but i don't think they're right for this role um, and there were a couple of actors that uh, the, the director would actually have them read like a different role to see if they, they were fit. So mm -hmm. the, anyway, like things that happen in the room, like if you ever have a chance, it's like super fascinating to hear, you know, like what goes into a decision because as actors, we have no idea. <laughs> and we have no idea once we get into the room, you know, and they come out, you know, what happens afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a few different uh, people talk about that, how, um, and, and even casting directors, especially over COVID, they've done like Instagram lives and they've done like these sort of challenges and they've talked about um, what the process is like. And we've heard so much about how it's not personal and it doesn't always have to do with the performance. It's just like, oh, the energy, like, it's just like, I don't see the character there as much as maybe I did in their headshot or in the reel of that perfectly catered scene that they wrote and had someone shoot for them or... Um, uh, and I've also heard of, 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 of uh, how you mentioned with actors in that moment, there's like, okay, great. That was great. Uh, which am I looking over these sides really quick? And we'll have you read for this other role as well. We think would be a better fit for that one. Um, and it, that's like a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Like, okay. You were yeah. good. We see you as yeah. more than just this one type. Let's have you try something else. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It's another chance to, to get in front of them and, you know, and uh, showcase what it is, you know, what all that money went into that you uh, spent on training. <laughs> right, exactly. All that prep I mean, work. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's like as an as actors, like, you know, we're, we're in the cycle of auditioning a lot and it can feel like it's not going anywhere, especially now, as I mentioned earlier with self tapes, it just feels like you're doing, you're in, a, you're in your insular bubble and then you send it off and you just like have no idea like I, I saw a, a tweet by, by a casting director and she actually was talking about this very point. Like it might feel like, you know, you're, you're just sending it into like a black hole, but like, please know that we are watching and we are rooting for you. So as long as you just like keep in mind, you know, like have the joy in the work that you're doing and able to let it go and move on like you're going to be in a much sort of uh, uh, better mental space, I think, mm -hmm. than like kind of like being in the uh, nitty gritty of like what happens to it. And, you know, I mean, like as long as you go in and you you actually make a point in, in your self-tape, like you're making choices, strong choices yeah. that are in line with the character. Um, you actually did your homework and, you know, and with, with co-stars or is it recurring? Is it a series regular? And what TV show is it? What's the genre and et cetera? Yeah. Like as long as you, everything is going in line, like 
uh, uh, you've done your job, right? And you did the best that you could do and you just have to let it go and move on and let the things, the bigger powers at play <clears throat> and the universe, you know, take care of itself and you move on to the next thing. Yeah, and I, I have no idea what we're talking about. I just like went off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, I've, I found that to be true a lot with um, when you're auditioning for roles on shows that haven't even aired yet. It's maybe episode three and the pilot hasn't aired because it's still August, but they're in production. So you're like, what's the tone of the show? Like, yes, it's a medical or it's like a, it's a, uh, it's a procedural, but is it like NCIS where it can be a little silly or is it like law and order where it's like super gritty and real world? And, uh, or is it like, you know, like a lot of uh, procedurals still have like a sense of humor to them. Um, mm -hmm. while some are just like, you know, like mind hunter on Netflix is just like dark, right, and right, like right. disturbing, um, or Ali McBeal, just, right. It could be either. Right. Exactly. Uh, so you just have to make a choice. Like there's, um, I had an audition. What is time? I don't know what time is anymore. I think it was last year pre COVID or like the fall before that it was for, um, uh, for a Marvel series. And, but because it's Marvel, they're super secretive. And mm -hmm. there's, there was no character names. There was no character description. There was the, the scene was like a, a one page scene and there was no indication of like, you, you couldn't guess like what this role was. You can be like, Oh my God, maybe it's like Peter Parker's best friend. Like, Nope, you have no idea or, or whatever it was. It, it was not a Spider-Man audition. I'm not spoiling anything here, um, <laughs> but <laughs> you're going to sign an NDA. They're going to come <laughs> after you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, one of the trainers at the gym that I worked at at the time, um, or that I still work at, I don't know what I'm saying at the time. He used to work there. He's an actor. Um, he actually moved out to LA. Um, but he would coach me all the time whenever we're at work, just like have my sides or he'd like give me his sides to help him go over lines. And he said, oh, you just have to make a choice. You need that little starting moment, make a, make a couple of decisions in, in throughout the scene. And then that ending moment, it, it shouldn't just be the last line and cut. It should be like a button, uh, you know, exactly the button. That's what it is. Yeah. Trying to think of the, the musical button. Yeah. Dun, dun, boom. Like that. <laughs> um, and he was it's very good yeah. on that. Uh, What's one of the with actor, that particular scene. Um, yeah. I always think of the button at the end, like start strong and strong, right? Yeah. Like make sure that you're, you know, going strong. That's the last thing. The first thing that they see, the cast director sees and the last thing that the casting director sees. You mm -hmm. want to make sure that you have like, Start strong and strong, right? Exactly. I've definitely run into that problem like many times before, and I have gotten it wrong sometimes. Um, where the casting is like, let's you know shift a little bit into this, but as much as I can, you know, try to figure out on the page, and uh, also I look at like they'll the uh, the agents and managers will send you the breakdown mm. uh, if there's like the writer or the director. If it's like a um, a new show that's from a book or adapted from mm. somewhere, like I'll take a look and see, you know, the original source material. If it's a writer, I'll, I'll see what other things the writer has written, <clears throat> uh, either in novel form or another show that they wrote for. Like these are all like different clues that uh, that I've used to help guide me. You know, like oh, the writer has written more like this is more of a drama than this might, this most likely will be like a drama. If the last thing that they wrote is like 30 rock, then, Oh, immediately I know exactly what 30 rock is like, yeah. you know? 
Um, but sometimes you just, sometimes you just have to make a choice. That's true. Sometimes yeah. you just have to go in and make sure that you make a choice. And if it's wrong, at least you made a choice. Like that's what I always say to myself. <laughs> like if it's wrong, okay, fine. But I made a choice and yeah. I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. I forget yeah. who said it. It might've been Jen Rudolph in one of her live sessions years ago, but it stuck with me. Cause if you're going to be wrong, be wrong loud so that they can hear it. And like, don't be like, cause if you're going to be wrong, if you're wrong in something and it's quiet, they just think it's like, what's going on. But if it's wrong and you're sort of bold about it and made that bold decision and it wasn't the right decision, they can then say, okay, let's shift it. Let's, let's, uh, it's actually, it's a little bit more of this or keep this in mind. So they can actually give you a helpful note. And I just like, that was awkward. And eh, let's move on. Um, yeah. Bob Krakauer, I believe says the same thing. You know, if mm. you're going to make a choice, like make a big choice that's still in line with the, you know, with the scene of the character, of course, you're not like making something super absurd. That's like out of nowhere. Um, the choice that you're making is still in line with what you've, you know, done your research and work on. But it's, it, when it goes to the same point that I was making earlier about like when I was being a reader in the room, like the actors that did really well, even though they didn't get the job or get to the next level, at least like you can see that like the actor mechanics are working. You, in mm -hmm. the sense that like, you know that they did the work. Like they did right. the work and, and they're presenting like, you know, like they're making their case, right? Like this is what, this is my take on the character. Right. Um, I'm using my own sensibilities and my choices. And, and what happens is, you know, from the other side, it's like, oh, I can definitely see it, right? Like, this is the choices that you made, but it might not be in line or it is in line. At least you made a choice. Like the actors that don't make a choice, you, it's, it's like very nebulous. Like if you don't make a choice, mm. um, it's kind of like you don't know what you're seeing. Like, is it because like you don't know the scene? Is it because you're too afraid or, you know, like, those actors like tend to not uh, go forward because you, d you don't know what to do with it. You know, right. um, at least that's, that was my experience in being in the room. Yeah. And it's with, with self tapes, especially it's a time for us to put our director hats on and our casting director hats on and be like, okay, you gotta make, cause it's all in our control. We don't get a redirect. They're not going to have right. time to watch through hundreds or a couple thousand tapes. And then, and, and then also like, hey, we need to, here's a note and just do it again and then watch all of those tapes again. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, time is definitely not <laughs> on our side. It was yeah. for a bit, but now that things are not in, back in full swing, um, but things are back in production. They, they don't have time to waste because you have to book people and uh, get multiple COVID tests done before they're even on set and, and all of that stuff. Right. And God forbid I mean, someone tests positive, they then have to cast someone oh, else. Gosh. They got to then... Yeah. Uh, reach okay who was our second choice are they still available <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's the thing you want to make the job of the cast director as easy as possible right you want mm -hmm. them to watch your tape and be like that's my guy like right. that's who I'm looking for and then immediately it's the same thing with like the different things about like reading the directions which it is kind of annoying sometimes because different casting directors will have different you know requirements for what they need and it's mm -hmm. I think it, I think it's like really important to actually, well, I mean, this might be obvious, I guess, but like if they're asking for like information in the slate, make sure that you provide that information in the slate, right? Like something that they need maybe plus 18. It might be like how tall you are or where you're based from, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and 
are, if they're like looking for like a full body, make sure you have the full body. You know, things like that, I think, is also like equally important. Make sure that you make it as easy as possible for the casting director to be on your side, right? Anything that you can do. You would think those things would be obvious, but they've clearly had people not include that information before. So they're just like, got read, like I, I've heard so many times, like, uh, you know, reps have it in their email template whenever they send, like, please read all the instructions. Some casting directors will not even watch the tape if... Uh, if you don't include, or if you like immediately start off on the wrong foot um, with yeah. the wrong information, or you, you know, yeah. uploaded your slate separately from your take, or you uploaded like several takes thing. when they asked for right. one. Yeah. yeah. All these like, or you didn't label your want, file correctly. Like you, they want the slate different from the take and you have different, different takes. You have to name them X, Y, Z, but like differently from the slate mm. and then they want you to attach it i mean like it can get a little <laughs> detailed i have no idea you know like what that means from their end but like those are the things that like before i submit i'm like rereading making sure that like i'm labeling them correctly mm -hmm. making them as easy as possible if it's like a downloadable link like the file right. the size of the file is correct you know i mean these are the things as an actor now that we have to you know like pay attention to yeah. Um, you know, going forward, uh, because there's like no, now it's been a year or something and there's like no excuse anymore to not yeah. read the directions, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, so to close out, uh, we like to do a rapid fire round of questions. So we'll see uh, how many we can get through. I used to time this, that just adds pressure. So we'll just uh, see how many can go through. So don't okay. feel the need to rush, don't worry. I feel like time flew by. <laughs> I guess when you're, you know, talking about yourself, it just, phew. <laughs> oh, yeah. Every actor could absolutely have a podcast. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> right. I was going to ask you, like, oh, why, why, you know, what's the reason for a podcast? But this is, yeah, this has been an amazing experience. I mean, I can talk about acting forever, you know, oh, me too. Uh, as I do in my uh, scene study class, you know, mm -hmm. like I go in with this fear of like, I don't know what to, I don't know if, if I'm going to say the right thing. I don't know what to tell my students and, but then I go in and when you talk about the craft and you talk about the art and you talk about the scene, you know, like things just come out. It's just, you know, you can talk about a nauseam about the craft of acting and acting and you know, et cetera. But that's anyway. the part that people want to talk about often is the business side and not so much the craft. Cause they're like, I studied the craft for four to six to eight years and all of these different places. What about the business? What about the technical stuff? What about all of this other stuff? I want experience from, um, like I personally prefer to be taught by working actors. Um, I currently study with James Saccone, um, who has a great community of actors and he also hosts workshops and stuff like that, um, with reps and with casting directors in addition to his actual technique classes. Um, and it's like, he knows his shit. He's been in the business for ages. He's still booking left and right. Um, you know, it's guest starred on anything that films in New York. He's like guest starred on basically. Um, yeah. And I prefer to learn from from actors who can talk more about the business side as well and the technical stuff and their own experiences, as opposed to just here's technique we're going to read from this book and then yeah. get up on our feet. And I absolutely agree with you. I mean, like the training is obviously very important and you want to mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, like you're getting the training because in New York, if you uh, like New York is is definitely different from L.A. in New York for theater, TV. Um, like I think training will become sort of important. However, 
the business is definitely something that like, I think a lot of people uh, don't know about or don't know how to navigate. Um, and if you're going to have a coach, I would agree, like have someone who like has been through it and is still booking because like auditions are changing, you know, like mm -hmm. the business is changing and you want someone who like knows exactly like, how do I book this? Right. Like, how do I book, like I've done co-stars, how do you go from co-stars to guest stars, from guest stars mm -hmm. to recurring and then, you know, ultimately like a series regular, like those are different steps that definitely require a lot of work and there are differences, you know, in going from one step to the next. So um, I definitely agree. Like that's, you know, we're all in the steps to get together. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it definitely, you want someone who like knows the business really well. Into our rapid fire round, uh, starting with coffee or tea? Tea. TV or film? You uh, really love film, but TV is where it's at right now. A hero or villain? V villain. Would you rather do a character-driven drama series for three seasons or a 10-season hit sitcom? Uh, the first one. Uh, who is your dream co-star? I, I don't Co-star? Uh, like they're starring opposite if, you. Oh yeah, uh, if it's like an HBO series, I would love to do a scene with Meryl Streep. Mm, good choice. Uh, if you got to be in the revival of any play or musical, which one would it be? Oh man, I don't know. Play or musical? Revival, a play or musical? Um, definitely a play. Uh, uh, Angels in America. Good choice. Uh, who is your childhood celebrity crush? <laughs> Meryl Streep. <laughs> uh, yes, I will stick to that. Uh, what is your most recent binge watch? Queen's Gambit. Do you have a secret talent? Secret talent? Uh, I don't think I have anything secret, but I really love photography so i've been shooting uh headshots actors on the side thanks um i i did for a while but i don't have the space for that anymore <laughs> yeah i do it outside because I, I don't have I oh right i haven't done it in a while but i shoot yeah. actors outside yeah uh what is the worst side job that you've had uh catering <laughs> like this most common catering, answer i get <laughs> catering weddings yeah oh, it's the worst it's not good didn't like uh, it so much <laughs> uh what is your favorite accent to do and can we hear it favorite accent to do uh uh ah, damn no i i <laughs> make fun of my japanese friends a lot and i uh do like a faux Japanese accent, but I think it's racist to do it in this context, maybe. Uh, so maybe I'll pass, but, but <laughs> I, I, among my friends, I like, uh, I mean, I've done Japanese accents for like roles before, but gotcha. um, yeah. Uh, who is yeah. someone that you'd want to trade places with for one day? Could be anybody, like not an actor, just anybody. Mm -hmm. Can I still say Meryl Streep? Is that like, sure. <laughs> I can't think of anybody else. Like who I went on. I mean, so many people. Um, 
I would love to, yeah, I'll, I'll say Meryl Streep. I want to know what her life is. I want to see her house. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I want to be in the, like, Meryl Streep and, like, go on set and do amazing scenes. Yeah. When were you the most starstruck? Uh, the, the only thing I can think of right now is seeing Kate Blanchett and uh, doing a show in New York, seeing her live. Yeah. And lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young performer? Uh, uh, get training. As Larry Moss would say, go to therapy and don't waste your time and have fun doing it, you know? Yeah, have a blast doing it. Vin, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where can people find you on, on social media? You can go to my website, worldwideweb.vincudicorn.com, Instagram at vincudicorn. Uh, I will be there. And you can follow us at Actors With Issues and follow me at Juaniala Official. A big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. Head over to anchor.fm to get started on your own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening, and catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting podcasting platforms. I'm Juaniala, and we'll see you all next week.